Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello and welcome to the Healthy Herb Podcast, a place of information and inspiration for the home herbalist. I'm Bridget Doherty of the Solidagos School of Herbalism, coming to you from a bridged island on the coast of Maine. In today's show, I'm talking with Mason Hutchison of Herb Rally. Together, along with all of you, we are making home herbalism be as common in the everyday household as cooking a healthy meal. Now, without further ado, let's have some fun and dig in. Mason Hutchison is founder and co-owner of Herb Rally. He has a deep passion for plants, community, marketing, traveling the states, and spreading the word when it comes to herbalism events, schools, workshops, and the knowledgeable teachers in the industry. He completed herbalism apprenticeships at Columbine School of Botanical Studies and the Arctos School of Herbal and Botanical Studies. (laughs) In his spare time, you can find him taking long walks with his daughter, Amelia, playing ping pong, making (laughs) dinner with his wife, Amanda, Hooping it up and checkmating <laughs> literally everyone. <laughs> Welcome right. to the show, Mason. Thank you for joining me. Thank you so much, Bridges. It's great to be here. Yeah. I loved your little checklist of <laughs> on on your website about things that you like to do. <laughs> that was all Amanda's idea. I really love that too. And uh yeah, the checkmating everybody thing. I'm I'm like a I'm a chess uh, aficionado. I play like at least a couple hours a day online chess and I I don't know, I just became obsessed with it. I absolutely love it. But I'm I'm by no means like the best player around. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, um, I'd love to dig in and I would love for you to share or talk about a memory where a plant made a solid impact or impression on you in your history, in your life. Yeah, I love hearing stories about like what you were like as a child. And uh, as a child, we used to do a lot of yard work. I had two uh, older brothers and we were just always in the yard doing yard work. And uh, I actually don't remember the specific plant. So this isn't actually my answer. But I will say my brother brought up a couple of years ago. He vividly remembers me when I was doing yard work uh, one day that I was on my like belly, like lying down. And I was like actually talking to the plants. And it's kind of hilarious because uh, I never really, I was a pretty mainstream kid, uh, but later on, you know, I, fi- I find myself on this plant path and I just think it's kind of a, a bit of foreshadowing as to what maybe might've happened. Uh, that said, I would say the actual real first relationship that I had, like getting into herbalism was a relationship with dandelion. Um, I was probably about 19 years old and I was living in like my, uh, college, uh, house, I guess you'd call it. And, um, we were all just hanging out on the front porch and this friend of ours, pointed at a dandelion and said, oh, you can eat that. 
And it just kind of blew my mind. I was always um, around that age. I was starting to really get into like, say, nutrition and stuff like that. And uh, the fact that you could eat like a weed was just mind blowing to me. And I, um, so yeah, I would say from then, from that point on, I was like constantly trying to harvest dandelion, use it in my diet and everything like that. So, uh, and now today, uh, the dandelion is like the herb rally logo. Cause I always call it my gateway herb. I love that. It's, um, it should be a gateway herb for more people. It always fascinates me that people will spray, you know, <laughs> tons of chemicals and poisons on their lawn just to try to get rid of the dandelion. And it has so much to offer us. Yeah. I was just telling, Oh, yeah. just especially in ways of like protecting our liver from all the poisons in the world, right? That seems kind of ironic, doesn't it? Yeah. I don't know <laughs> if you know too much about the doctrine of signatures or ascribe to it or whatever, but it is interesting because I did move to Appleton, Wisconsin, um, where it's known as like the number one drinking city in the United States or one of them. And uh, there's burdock root or burdock, the plant growing everywhere. And I just think that's kind of funny. Uh, I also want to say, speaking of like spraying plants, uh, we might get into this later about how we like travel and stuff like that and visit different, different herbalists. But, uh, uh, we were staying at an RV park, uh, maybe a couple months ago. And as far as I could tell the people at the RV park were also temporarily staying there. And they had like one of those, uh, machines that where they were spraying, uh, their front lawn, uh, they were killing dandelions and they didn't even live there. And it was the most bizarre experience. I'm, I borderline wanted to go up to them and say like, don't do that. That's totally unnecessary. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. That is yeah. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It was very off-putting. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like something, there is some sort of, you know, thing that people just, it's a cleanliness thing or like, totally. you know, they just need a uni unified space. With everything in its place, I don't know. That's not what nature's about, though. <laughs> no, and we so we just got back to Appleton, and the first thing I noticed was this uh, on one of our walks. I noticed this really nice house, and they had just super tall dandelions growing across the whole their whole yard. And I was just, it was, I was just so proud of the city. Um, and I guess the, there's the thing called no mo may. Um, and I just learned that Appleton was the first U.S. city to adopt that, which I was also like really stoked about. Um, but I, yeah, just walking around all over the neighborhood, seeing all the dandelions makes me super happy. Yeah. The, so yeah. the first time I heard of No Mo May, I was like, oh, is that like a new punk band or something? <laughs> it should be. <laughs> I was so confused. <laughs> I mean, one thing I think that's kind of ironic about the whole No Mo May is... Um, dandelions they actually like to be mowed you know it's like you'll get more flowers the more you mow them and so in some ways it's a little counterintuitive yeah. because we want more flowers and if you just let them bloom that one time and they'll go to seed and then they'll just kind of stop producing mm. that's the other ironic thing about the dandelion is that you know people get so obsessed about it but it's really only in may that they're blooming and then maybe a little bit in the fall but mm. It's it's only disrupting the lawn for a short amount of time, I feel like. Yeah, and then depending on where you live, like where I'm from in the Northwest, I want to say June or July, you start seeing Hypocaris radicata, which is also known as like cat's ear or the false dandelion. And everyone thinks that's the dandelion, but it's not necessarily the same plant, same plant family. Um, and I'm not sure about the medicinal uses. I'm presuming they're quasi-similar, but yeah, I don't actually know how to use the false dandelion. Yeah, I don't have any experience with that no. either. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, so how do you incorporate herbs and spices into your life today, like on a weekly basis or a daily basis? Like, but how do you work with herbs just in life, in a lifestyle? So I'm super happy to be back in a house as opposed to an RV because now I have access to my medicine cabinet, if you will. Um, we do a lot of cooking, primarily me, actually. Like I, I make almost all three meals every single day and I absolutely love it. Um, so yeah, we're, we're constantly infusing uh, herbs into the food and so on. But, you know, like we'll make bone broth or whatever, you know, uh, once every week or so. So every time I make bone broth, I'll throw a straggler slices in there, reishi mushrooms, that kind of thing. But yeah, I'd say primarily through cooking, um, you know, if we have a uh, upset tummy or something like that, maybe we'll take some herbal bitters or whatnot. But um, I'm really excited to start experimenting a bit more. Um, uh, we'll talk about this later, like what, what plant is I'm currently really vibing with, but, uh, I want to like start making some violet syrup and just, yeah. So just any sort of culinary creation, that's primarily how we, uh, use herbs in our everyday life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And now that you have a front lawn, I just, I think I was listening to or watching a little YouTube video about yeah. now that you're in your new home and Amanda's out there, like digging up the lawn and planting an herb garden, urban yeah. flower garden. Yeah, so we just moved to a, a yard that is 0.1 acre, uh, if that's how you say it. So it's a teeny tiny plot, uh, but this is going to be our first real herb garden. So yeah, she just dug up the entire front yard. She's uh, We're going to work on planting a garden, and then yeah, we're going to do the same thing in the back. But uh, we're reading Juliet Blankspore's, uh, uh, what's her book called? It's all about herbal gardening, so we're trying to get a lot of ideas that way. I do want to say before I forget... I am an avid uh, nourishing herbal infusion drinker, so that's I, I can't really forget that, which you, of course, uh, provided a three-and-a-half-hour course for the frugal, Art of Frugal Nutrition, so thank you for that. But I would say almost daily I drink an oat straw infusion. Um, sometimes I'll switch it up and do, like, say, nettle or hawthorn leaf or this or that. And currently I'm actually drinking a, um, a reishi um, chaga I think there's a astragalus and eleuthero decoction, and then I just threw it in with some coffee, so... <laughs> Ooh, yeah, yeah that's yeah. good. Yeah. I've been thinking, feeling like lately I, I want to start working with mushrooms. That's not something that I've really mm. done much of because it just seems like it takes a lot to, ex you know, simmering to extract the properties. Um, and I always totally. hear about, you know, the powders that you can pre-buy that you can let that are already mixed and you can add to. And I do have my daily cup of coffee, which I love. <laughs> it is an herb. Hello. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> One of the most powerful herbs out there that uh, humans have really come to love. And right. um, yeah, but it would be so great to have something also that would be more medicinal um, that I could add to it. So that's a great little inspiration there. Totally. And a yeah. great way to get herbs in every day too. Rishi, there's something about Rishi mushroom that when I drink it, I just feel so good. Like it automatically makes me um, just feel alive. I, it just like brightens my day. So I, I definitely recommend it. It's also bitter. So it might mix well with your coffee, but also chaga uh, from, from what I've heard has uh, something in it called vanillic acid. So it kind of gives it like this vanilla flavor, uh, which also prepares perfectly well with uh, um with uh coffee uh but yeah again going kind of back to the bone broth i'll throw like a slice of uh reishi mushroom slice in with the bone broth and doesn't really affect the flavor too much but i have to imagine it's adding some extra uh herbal medicine in there yeah definitely 
And I also feel like the nourishing herbal infusions, which we'll talk a little bit more later about, but definitely are such a great way to get herbs in on a daily basis where you don't, if even if you're not sick, you know, sometimes we think of herbal medicine as like, oh, I only take it if I'm sick or I only work with herbs as medicine. But the, I feel like the infusions are such a great way to work with herbs as food, yeah. as nutrition, as deep nourishment and minerals and protein, um, but also still working with wild plants, even if mm. they're cultivated the plants are still kind of in their wild state and they can offer us so much more phytonutrients and a variety of different nutrition than just the the plants that we would buy at a grocery store or grow on a farm, like vegetable plants. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. What is it like broccoli and cabbage all comes from like the the uh, the wild mustard essentially it's just been bred to the point where it's these overgrown like oversized like vegetables which are also great uh, yeah. we consume a lot of those in our household but yeah like you those herbs still maintain like their wild factor to them mm-hmm. yeah well, a yeah. lot of our you know current vegetables have there we need them we need large plants to feed the masses right right yeah, but the right. small complicated wild plants even though their taste might be a little crazy but they just offer <laughs> us so much more, even in small amounts. So that's right. That's great. Yeah. Well, and you also mentioned, uh, so you mentioned the bone broth and uh, nourishing infusions, and both of those are um, aspects of the frugal nutrition course. So maybe this would be a good time to dive into that, and then we can back up and talk about Herb Rally as a whole. Sure. But so you have developed uh, a course this part of Herb Rally called Frugal Nutrition, and it incorporates a variety of herbalists uh, talking about ways to uh, frugally get nutrition. That's right. Tell me more. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> and, the, and our listeners more. <laughs> yeah. So when we back up and talk about Herb Rally, where you're going to hear me say, like, this is an idea that lived in my head forever. Uh, so and then before I actually executed on it, um, the art of frugal nutrition is the same way. I I have this had this idea forever. I was like, oh, I'm just gonna like compile all of this information in my head and eventually write a book about it. And I'm like, that's just no, so impractical. So we finally just decided to release a course about it. Um, I'm not gonna write a book. Well, maybe someday, who knows? Eventually, but uh, for now, I thought the easiest way to get this out into the world was via producing a course. Um, and at that, I was like, well, we, we're not going to do the whole thing all at once. And uh, speaking of frugality, like I don't want to just invest all of this time and money all at once to just make like this perfect course. What I want to do is create what we call like this ever expanding course. So every few months we add a new module and we just kind of keep building on it and improving it. Uh, but yeah, the whole idea is um, combining two of my passions. That's nutrition and healthy healthy living with uh, not spending money. Uh, I for for years was involved in this uh, community called um uh the uh financial independence community i'm not saying i'm financially independent but basically it's a whole it's thousands of people who are all sharing ways in which that they could help uh save money in order in order to build a nest egg in order to not um worry so much about the day to day um like i'm all about just trying to um live a lifestyle where I'm not overextending myself. I want to um, have a nest egg in, um, in say, a bank account 
just so I'm not worrying about uh, money every single day. So, so one of the what's one of the biggest bills that we have? It's gro- It's the grocery bill, and I think that that's one of the most. It's one of the best ways that you could save month uh, money on your monthly budget. Um, so, so that's kind of the inspiration behind it. I know that there's like this. Uh, preconceived notion that if you want to eat healthy, you have to spend a lot of money, you have to buy organic food. Um, but I don't, I don't think that's necessarily the case. And that's really what uh, the art of frugal nutrition is all about trying to teach you how to eat nourishing foods on a budget. And seriously, the cost of food lately has gone up. So well, especially where totally. I live, um, you know, it just takes a lot to get food to here, (laughs) I think. And it's, it's crazy how expensive food is, but then also, I mean, we have to realize that there is a huge cost that goes into growing food and shipping food and processing food. Mm. Yeah. So it's, it's quite a thing. It's so true. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, so you're buying cheaper food, but then there's like this grand pictures of like the global economic system and all that stuff. And I'm not even talking about that. That's like, that's somebody else's specialty. It's really, it's really just you and your community, you and your family. How can you best uh, treat your family and, and uh, eat the nourishing foods you need to to thrive? So what are the modules that you have where you're really kind of digging in and helping people to have more frugal nutrition? Yeah, so the course. the first one we released, uh, the first three we we released was uh, fermentation, uh, and that was with Kirsten Shockey. And I really think that that fermentation is one of the best things you could do to eat frugally because there's a whole other aspect that I want to get into later about cooking with scraps. But you could take all sorts of veggie scraps and essentially turn it into some sort of not sauerkraut per se, but a fermented vegetable. Um, I, I I think that there's a lot of studies behind the nutrition of fermented food. I think we kind of all know that. Um, but yeah, there's the things that <laughs> you could ferment so many different things. And it's just a, instead of throwing the vegetables in the, in the, or the scraps in the garbage, you could ferment these things. So the, the module with Kirsten Shockey, she essentially goes over, I want to say it's like, seven different uh lessons uh but she she does have a, a a lesson in there where she spends 25 minutes talking about how to make a basic sauerkraut which again like uh way cheaper than buying store-bought uh uh sauerkraut you know you're spending like ten dollars a jar on again organic sauerkraut these days if you make your own which is a rather simple process it's gonna be way cheaper and so we make our own um so that was kind of a long-winded uh, way of answering that. But yeah, so we got fermentation. The second one was uh, dumpster diving with my good friend, Giuseppe Spatafora. Uh, then we had um, the Spice Apothecary with Bevan Clare. Uh, Bone Broth with Jade Alessandro Mace. Uh, we got Eat Your Weeds uh, with Shana Lipner-Grover. And then we've got uh, um, Nourishing Herbal Infusions with yours truly, Bridget Dougherty. yeah that was i was honored that you invited me to present that and um yeah really grateful for the opportunity the nourishing infusions is such a passion of mine i'm always talking about them i was so happy that i when i learned about them and just kind of expanding on that so and it really is frugal nutrition at its finest if you buy the bulk you know the herbs in bulk um, dried and you can really get some serious nutrition for, you know, a dollar or two a day. So. Yeah, you actually were the first person I thought of to do it. Uh, actually 
truthfully, I thought I was wanting to do it, but I was like, that is just too much for me to tackle. Bridge is an expert. You literally wrote a book on it. Um, it, it was also one of the first lessons I wanted to do, but it just kind of worked out the other way where it's our latest uh, lesson now or module. So, uh, but yeah, I can't agree more. Uh, just like what I was saying about the Rishi uh, decoctions. When I have a oat straw infusion, it just makes me feel so... I want to say invigorated, but it's not like stimulating. It makes me feel like grounded, just nourished overall. Mm. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And it was really nice to be able to, you know, dive into, you know, nine or 10 different herbs and then have also lots of different videos around, around that. So <laughs> yeah. Thank you for the opportunity to share my love. Of course. And, <laughs> and I did. Oh, go ahead. Oh, yeah, I, di I didn't know someone could talk about infusions for three and a half hours, but you did it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I can talk. Yeah. <laughs> Hence having a podcast. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I never knew I could talk as much as I can. <laughs> that's right. Um, so with backing up a bit into uh, Herb Rally. So Herb Rally, I know it's like grown and expanded quite a bit over the years. I've been following you um, probably ever since you started your podcast is how wow. I first got introduced so cool. to you. Because, um, yeah, I listen to lots of podcasts. Sure. Um, and I was, I'm just curious as to, you know, the, what is, how would you define Herb Rally? It's so dynamic with so mm -hmm. many bits and pieces. Like, how would you kind of define what Herb Rally is and maybe the inspiration behind uh, starting it. Yeah. Well, primarily it, it started out as an herbalism events board. Like that was the whole idea behind it. I wanted to share all of the herbalism events going on in your neck of the woods, as we say. Um, so yeah, I'd say first and foremost, it's where you go to learn about what events are happening. And just like the art of frugal nutrition, herb rally is an ever expanding offering. Um, so we really just want to get, um, a ton of free information out to people, uh, from yeah, I would say what really sets us apart is uh, the diversity of the people on the platform. So we have, I want to say, 75 monographs on there. And I try to get lots of different people uh, to not just share like the factoids about the plants, but also incorporate their personal clinical experience or personal stories and stuff like that. So it's really um, an offering of like the herbal community at large, like that's what I absolutely love about it. And it, obviously it's also the podcast as you alluded to. And, um, uh, that also <laughs> the first 600 episodes, I wasn't even interviewing people. I'm interviewing people now. Uh, but the first 600 episodes were various, um, plant walks or conference talks, th this or that, like there's just so many different voices that contribute to, uh, herb rally in general. So yeah, I would just say it's just, uh, the, uh my offering to the herbal community. Mm. So maybe what do you really love about Herb Rally? And then also like what is maybe the most challenging or unloved aspect of it? What I love. Yeah. What I love about Herb Rally is that it's uh, I feel like it's my soul's purpose in a way. Like I feel like I'm acting out what I am meant to do. Uh, you when you when you have something in your heart and you don't act on it, I feel like that is a surefire way to feeling sad um, or not fulfilled. So the fact that this lived in my head for so long, I'm like, oh, I'm going to do that someday. Oh, I'm going to do that someday. Uh, it just, it starts to just weigh on your conscious. And I, I just feel like uh, for my life, it was so important to do this because I was so excited about it. And to this day, every, 
Amanda just had to get me to stop working on the weekends. I'm like, no, but it's fun for me. I'm like, no, I need to separate myself. And lo and behold, you know, we're recording this on a Monday. I was really excited to come back to to work on a Monday to work on Herb Rally some more. So I'm always thinking of different ideas for it. I'm always trying to uh, think of different ways to improve it uh, and expand on it. But um, I, I I really think what brings me the most joy is I feel like this this is my spiritual calling, if you will. I will say it is a Monday. It's also Memorial Day. That's right. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> it should be. A, it should be a weekend. <laughs> you but, asked me uh, if you wanted to reschedule, and I was like, yeah. "No, I want to do this." <laughs> well, and then I was, yeah, I think I saw somewhere else you already have like multiple interviews lined up, like for tomorrow and yeah. moving on down the road. So you have, yeah, I, I'm sure it's so much work to even just reach out to everyone and organize all of the interviews interviews and content. And I really am very impressed with all of the editing that I think probably Amanda does mm -hmm. a lot of the videos. And um, I really was enjoying, um, I just watched on your website, the tour that you, the road trip, yeah, the 2023 the road trip to Oregon, yeah. skimmed through that. And that was really well edited, really well done. Very interesting. <laughs> um, yeah. So I'd like to get into your travels, but, but first I am curious if there yeah. is like a part that, you, that if you could, if it was possible, you know, I know businesses, there's so much good and so many difficult parts. So maybe what's like the most challenging or, or part that you really don't like about having Herb Rally? Yeah, it's got to be like the, just the general admin stuff. I would love to get to the point where we're, we're able to hire somebody to help with a lot of just the, uh, um, yeah, just the day-to-day -day, um, organizing of stuff. Like say, we are, we had to file for an extension for our taxes and that's because, well, a, being on the road and trying to keep that stuff organized is su was super difficult for me. Uh, so yeah, just, we do have an accountant now and, and we're, we're working through that, but yeah, like just the general, uh, stuff like that, just like the, the day to day organization stuff. I am a pretty organized person. I was the events coordinator for mountain reserves for 11 years and we did all sorts of events every single year. So I, I, I it's kind of innate in me, but it would be nice, nice to kind of like, uh, let some of that go for sure. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about yours too? Is it kind of similar? Yeah, for me, it's the marketing. Oh, I, you know, I love, um, I love just putting information out there and yeah. talking to people about herbs. I love doing herb walks. I love doing the podcast, um, but then trying to promote it in all the ways and yeah. actually get the information out there that, oh, I'm doing this yeah, and then trying to get, get financially paid for it totally. is like that whole aspect of it has been difficult, especially since I have a day job, you know, I'm a landscape gardener, which is mm. my primary. And then I interior paint houses in the wintertime living oh. on a small Island on the coast of Maine. We're like 35 miles off of route one. We are a bridged island, so that's nice. I don't need to take a ferry to get to the the mainland. Right. But still, we are very isolated, very removed. And so you have to wear many hats and have multiple sources of income to make it work here. Um, it's a big lobster fishing community. So, hmm. um, so that is easy because I don't have to market myself because right. it's all word of mouth. Everyone knows everyone. It's just easy. I can just go to work and get it done. But then to fill in the gaps with the herbalism, which is my passion and my love, but then 
the amount of time that it takes to market and put it out there. So I've been doing less school stuff. It was so great where you're like, oh, come, you know, do do something and then we'll put it on our program and, you yeah. know, you don't even have to market it or or whatever. Um, totally. So that I'd like to do maybe more of that type of thing and not just be a one woman show, I guess. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. And in your intro, you said I, um, cause it was says on my website, um, as far as my bio, like, oh, I'm into marketing. And yeah, I would say there was a brief period of time where I was not brief, but like I, I studied it. I had to be good at it cause it was my job for mountain rose herbs, but, uh, um, it, it does come in handy. Uh, I'll say this, I'm, I'm definitely more about the marketing strategy as opposed to the implementation of it. Cause yeah, that, that's a whole nother, uh, that's a lot more work too. So yeah, if I could eventually, if we could have like say one part-time person eventually to help with some admin stuff. Oh, I'd, I'd be so stoked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's a lot. I mean, I've taken lots of different classes on, you know, for herbal business owners and yeah. the whole sales funnel and the email yep. and the newsletter <laughs> and the Instagram and the Facebook and just promote, promote, promote. And it's, it's a lot. It's a yeah, lot. So I just, and then you have to make the content and put out the content. So I just like, so the podcast has really just become a, a passion project of mine. I'm really not selling anything. I'm just totally. putting information out there because, you know, I really do want herbalism to be as common in the everyday household as cooking a healthy meal. I just want people to really relate and work with the herbs and enjoy the health that comes with it. Amen. Yeah. So what... um what advice would you give your younger self in regard to learning about herbs or starting herb rally or starting an herb business? Is there a piece of information that you wish that you had that you have now that you could, that you would give yourself and maybe give other people that are starting out? Yeah. You know, I'll probably just say the, the, the piece of advice that I always give, and I don't necessarily know if I struggled with this, so I don't know if this is a, a fair answer or not, but we'll, we'll just work with this and see, see how it rolls. But, um, um, I always tell people that they should set like a, a 10 year goal or some sort of long-term goal. And I was actually really good at that. Uh, I think that if you set a, a specific long-term goal and you could set the time frame. 10 years might maybe like seem too ridiculous for some people. Uh, but I feel like when you set a long-term goal and then you make incremental steps towards that, you don't feel rushed to, to make bad choices or, or bad decisions or, or do anything for say a quick buck or whatever. Um, if you just, um, if you're able to have some sort of a job working in the herbal industry, uh, so you could kind of feed that part of you while making a, a paycheck. But if you do aspire to be some sort of herbal entrepreneur, just build that on the side and make a plan. Well, first and foremost, have a clear goal as to what you're trying to reach. And then you could jump ship and feel safe and and not have to, um, again, yeah, like feel rushed or feel like you're, you're not doing things uh, fast enough or, or so on. So, so that's what I did. I remember when I started Herb Rally, I was probably three years into my stint at mountain rose herbs. I worked there for 11 years and I said, I'm going to, I want Herb rally to be a full-time uh, gig after 10 years. Um, and lo and behold, after seven years of doing it, a man and I both quit mountain reserves or left mountain reserves. Uh, and we were able to do that because, you know, we felt comfortable with um, the direction Herb rally was heading. Mm -hmm. 
And I can really see that in Herb Rally, how much it has grown and how much your content has grown and bit by bit, how you keep adding these pieces on too, like just from, you know, an event page to this amazing mentor site. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then just keep adding on all the content. So now if when people go to become a member or, you know, same with the frugal nutrition course is like, it's ever growing and there's all of the previous content to catch up on. It's kind That's of right. like, how could you ever watch it, watch it all you know? <laughs> <laughs> or listen to all the podcast episodes? Although I may yeah. have, I may have listened to almost all of them at this point. <laughs> of Herb Rally? Seriously? <laughs> well, like every time. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Wow, I mean, that's from awesome. the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, you know, like I said, I'm landscape gardener, interior house sure. painter. So I work by myself. So that's what keeps me going. <laughs> there are so many great episodes in the library. Uh, like there's some classes in there. Like, and I'm not even saying this is me. Like I'll do the intro for it occasionally. But yeah, we'll get like a three hour class with uh, David Hoffman or whatever. And th that's just all in the back catalog of the Herb Rally podcast. So that's really cool that you've listened to a bunch of the episodes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Nice that you have, you know, all that free information out there for people to listen to and to meet and learn, you know, different herbalists too, which is really nice to hear Thank what's you. going on out there. Yeah. Well, what would be your five to 10 year goal that you that you are working toward at this point with Herb Rally? Ooh, five to 10 year goal, right? Yeah, because I had a 10 year goal before. Uh, I would just say... I wanted to get to a, a financial position where I don't feel that we're, I don't want to say struggling, but I, I would just like to feel comfortable so we just could keep adding and building onto Herb Rally. Like, I just don't, like, I, this is going to sound strange, but I love my new city. I love what we do um, through Herb Rally. I just, uh, I just want to keep it rolling. I just want to keep it going. I, it feels like a cop-out answer uh, because I did have like that vision for what Herb Rally was supposed to be. But honestly, I just want to keep doing this. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe my five-year goal should be hire a part-time person. But there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm gonna. It's I'm all gonna bubbling I'm, up in our conversation. Here. Yeah, I'm gonna write it down. I know because yeah, I was like, I've been asked that before. And I'm like, I just don't. I just love what we're doing. I yeah. The main thing is don't let it go under, you know. But um, and it won't because the the um, I, I want to say like having once you kind of get a website up and running, it's you know maintaining it is not that difficult. So we'll just uh, yeah, we'll just keep adding to Herb Rally, improving it, and I'm sure some grandiose idea will come to come to play. Okay, let me give you something else. Uh, we are working on a book, so. Um, so in five years, I'll, I'm going to write this down after the show In five years, we'll have our book, our first book released and we'll have some sort of part-time, uh, employee or, or worker or something. So there we go. Intentions yeah. set. <laughs> Sounds Thank good. Thanks, Bridget. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you heard it here post. Here That's first, right. Folks. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. I think. Okay. I wanted to, to hear a little bit more about your traveling. Um, Cause that seems like maybe a new addition to herb rally and maybe something that um, is you're going to be doing more of in the future. So 
I know that you ju- you had you have a big RV camper yeah. type of thing, and yeah. you are taking it on road trips. It seems like maybe you live between Eugene and Appleton. Yeah, well, so we're uh, we're breaking the news here as well on Bridges oh. Podcast. Um, <laughs> we're actually not doing that again. So, oh. <laughs> so it's funny because we got this when we sold our house in Oregon. We bought our house in Appleton. Uh, part of the deal with that was we were going to live uh, part time in uh, in Eugene and part of the time in Appleton, and that's because I'm from Oregon and Amanda's from Wisconsin, and that was kind of like what got us got us to move essentially uh with that understanding uh but after spending four months uh in the rv we we both realized we don't necessarily like that lifestyle so it was a pretty expensive uh learning experience but i'll say this um i'm happy it happened because now a it got us to appleton and b uh it, it gave us perspective on how much we really love being here um with that said we still will travel we're just not going to do the four months in one area at a time anymore uh, because uh, it's just so nice to be back in our, again, our house isn't that big and our yard is pretty small, but like it's, it feels like a mansion compared to the 30 foot RV. Um, I just, I love being organized. I love cooking. And um, so, yeah, that's just a long winded way of saying we won't be doing that again, uh, but we will still go on say road trips or um fly places if we have to because really that is kind of the heartbeat of herb rallies visiting the different herbalists in different areas we we would love to do like say a main trip or a vermont trip or a north carolina trip and just uh, visit with a bunch of different er- herbalists in those areas uh and then maybe just spend a week or two instead of a full four months living in an rv so mm-hmm. um I, I'm, I'm very glad we did it so but yeah that's kind of that's kind of my answer to that the rv's up for sale it is actually currently. So if you want to buy an RV, <laughs> it's got some history. Mm-hmm. It may have some duct tape on it somewhere too. Yeah, it does. It does. <laughs> exactly. You saw that on the vlog. It did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It looked like there were lots of challenges. I mean, yeah. I could see how that would be intense. Made for some good footage, but um. Totally. Yeah, we got one. We got no. We got two videos out of it. Out of it. So. <laughs> And we also got our new cat Corvus in Oregon too. So we call him a, a very expensive cat. <laughs> there you go. Oh, well, I love the idea of definitely like doing like little state to state to state and checking mm-hmm. out the herbalist. That could be such a cool aspect to your website and to Herb Rally. And I actually, from your videos, I really liked where you were in kind of introducing the towns too. I mean, mm. um, was it? Something Springs that you were in. It was yeah. Like this really funky art town. Artists Eureka Springs. Eureka Springs. Arkansas. Yeah. yeah. And like little things like that tied in with then speaking to the herbalists of that area and then the plants of that area. It could be some really cool content um, and videos and really interesting because there's so many different plants into the different bioregions and then like the people that work with those plants and ingest those plants and that work with the soil in those bioregions and how that is maybe the same and also different from place to place would be really cool. Yeah. You said it so well. It's so fun to visit all because there's so many different herbal hubs. Like I always want to be like, Oh, Eugene, Oregon's an herbal hub. Um, Asheville, North Carolina is an herbal hub, but really they're all over the place and they're 
there's herbalists in every nook and cranny of the United States. So yeah, I can't wait to just visit more. Uh, I can't wait to visit certain people that I've had relationships with online for years and actually get to hang out with them in person. So yeah, we're really looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good to know that the travel will continue, but yeah. maybe not to the extent of towing around a 30 foot RV with you <laughs> or whatever. Well, <laughs> it was funny too, because we, we were in Eugene, Oregon for four months and I was like, oh, this will be the time where I get to hang out with my friends and so on. I th- I saw a friend like maybe once every two or three weeks. It was uh, uh, like, I could see them all in one fell swoop if I just fly out for one week. So <laughs> one week a year, <laughs> plus there's the, the beauty of zoom. And um, I know it's not the same, but I do feel like now that I'm interviewing people, uh, I spend like an hour, one or two hours a week now talking to people that I wouldn't have otherwise. So it, it does fulfill mm-hmm. a lot of my social needs. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. yeah we're we're like hanging out right now. So I know this is yeah. so cool. <laughs> I feel so honored. I was like, no, same. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what herb are you feeling like most in a relationship with recently and in what way? Oh, I love this question. Uh I don't know about you. In fact, I want to hear your answer too, because it, it almost feels like every year I get excited uh, like I have like a spirit plant for that year or something like that. I remember a couple of years ago, I was really into cow parsnip. I don't know what it was about it, but I, do you know that one? I want to say it's like Heraclium. Um, I love that plant so much. In fact, that I planted it in my backyard in Oregon. I'm I'm not sure if the new owners are happy about that or not, but um, because I I think there's some sort of like phototoxicity thing with it, but uh, I just love the, I love the presence of it. Um, so it does kind of feel like every year or two, I get like into really into a new plant and moving here. Uh, do you know the state flower of Wisconsin per chance? <laughs> kind of a random question. Um, I don't know. Well, yeah. So it's the violet. And, okay. um, and I knew that last year only cause I lived here part of the year and, um, we visited Kyle Denton, uh, at Tippecanoe herbs and their shirt has the violet on it. And uh, I was like, Oh, why is that? So it's the state flower. And I thought that was really neat, but I'd never seen any violets because it was late summer at the time. But mm. we got here in spring, and I'm telling you, there are violets everywhere. And they're like, they look like vegetables compared to the um the violets that I've seen in Oregon. They're just these massive flowers and they're just everywhere. And I could see, okay, I could see why it's the Wisconsin state flower. Um, but it just got me really excited uh to like to get more into the medicine aspects, to, to, to hang out with it, to plant it in our yard. Actually, we already have some growing in our yard just already there, but um, yeah, I'm just really excited to learn more about Violet. I, I would say previously it never really spoke to me or called to me, but now that I'm here and it's ubiquitous, I'm like, Oh, I can't wait to really get to know it more. Do you have much experience with Violet? Yeah, I love Violet. We have a lot of it that just grows in all around in the yards and just the purple Violet, not there's there's a bunch of different varieties species and so there is a odorata i think it is that's like a really sweet one and Mm -hmm. i don't think that that's the one i have because it doesn't really have a scent to it um but it is the purple violet and then in the woods in the wild you'll see like the little really delicate little yellow violet which i never really touch i just enjoy the beauty of but yeah the purple violet flowers are so fun to play with in the spring, especially with kids. Mm. And they're so tasty. They taste like sweet peas. And yeah. and then I usually wait um, until further in the summer to harvest the leaves for infusion. It's another great oh, infusion herb. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. I can't remember. Was 
Do you, do you remember? Was that one of the ones in your module? It wasn't. No. Okay. No. Okay. I didn't think so. No. I, I watched that whole um, module, by the way. I just couldn't remember. <laughs> yeah, well, um, <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah. Well, I, I also did the little edits here and there, but, um, but basically, yeah, I, I, yeah, I can't wait to like dry the, dry the leaves and add them to infusions. Would you say they're like nutritive and maybe a little demulcent too? definitely yeah awesome yeah i I need more demulcents in my life i'm always using marshmallow root but uh yeah it'll be fun Mm -hmm. to incorporate that plant in uh in my in our um diet as well Mm -hmm. yeah yeah Yeah. it's and i feel like i've there's a lot of research on it around it being you know anti-cancer anti-tumor reducing tumors but that it's more from just eating it fresh Mm. So if you have like a lot of the fresh leaf and then eating it versus any sort of medicinal preparation or dried infusion, which I found kind of surprising actually, but. Um, Would you uh, say add the leaf to just a salad? Is it kind of like that? Is that yeah. how you, yeah. you awesome. salad or yeah, salad, put it in sandwiches. Mm. It's, it is very slimy yeah, the sure. leaf itself. So depends on you know, how much you like that, but well, you get the slime without making a preparation. So maybe that's one reason why they say the fresh leaf is best. Yeah. I don't mind weird flavors. I'm all about that. So yeah, I'll, I'll throw it in the salad along with the flowers too. It'll just make it look pretty too. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. The cool thing that I love about violets too, is that they have that second flower that's under the plant later in the summer that you would never see. And that's one that produces the seeds. Oh, did you know that? I did not know that. The purple flower doesn't produce seeds. And actually, Juliet Blanket Spore has a great uh, blog article somewhere on her website about violets. And she calls it like the plan B or something, I think. (laughs) So you can harvest as much of that flower as you want and you're not going to be disrupt. I mean, you might be taking it from the pollinators, but you're not going to be disrupting the production of the seeds. And then if you look later in the summer under the plant, there's just like a little flower that you would never know. That gets, I want to say it gets pollinated by like ants or something, wow. or maybe it doesn't even need insects to pollinate it. But then this, it will like pop open into this like kind of little three pointed star and like spread the seeds as it pops. And I, and I think I remember that the seeds are all covered with like a sugary seed coat that mm. the ants love. And so then the ants will take the seeds and bring them back to their ant home. And in <laughs> so doing the ants help to really spread the violet seeds around, which is kind of cool. That's really neat. I'm going to have to pay attention to that. Cause yeah, they're all over the place here. So yeah. wow. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, do you have any summer travel plans or are you, are you feeling ready to just chill? So when we first got back, I was like, I'm just staying here for months on end. I'm not going anywhere. And then, you know, you rest for a week or two and then you start getting the like, okay, I, I could start seeing to make some plans. So it actually just confirmed last night. We're actually going to fly to Washington state, uh, like the San Juan islands, uh, because, uh, my good friend, uh, Giuseppe and Allie, they're getting married. Uh, and that, in fact, Giuseppe Spadafore is the guy that taught the dumpster diving module in the art of frugal nutrition. So I'm going to be in, in their wedding. Um, so yeah, I, I didn't think I was going to do that, but then we just decided last night. So we'll be going back there, but then addition, we'll probably combine it with some herb rally stuff. I'm hoping to, uh, I haven't reached out to him yet, but I'm hoping to visit with Ryan drum, 
Uh, he's also in the San Juan Islands, um, but maybe maybe um, we'll probably fly into Seattle. So maybe I'll uh, try to poke around and see if there's any herbalists that want to meet up in Seattle as well. That would be great. Oh, man, the San Juan Islands are so gorgeous. What a special place. I went yeah. to. Well, I I went to I had a stint at Evergreen State College. That's where oh. I graduated college from oh. where I really started getting my grounding uh, in herbal training and then where I met. KP Kalsa was my mm. first herbal instructor when he was based out of Seattle, but he also did a course in Olympia mm. through the Puget Sound Community College. And yeah, it's such a m- magical place out there. And I was at Evergreen, I was doing their um, sustainable agriculture course that they had. This was, I, I graduated in 2000. So this was a while ago. I don't know how it's changed since then, but we, sure. um, did field trips at, at different times. And we did a field trip out to the San Juans mm. and kind of explored different farms throughout the islands. It was just so beautiful. So magical. Was your uh, course at Evergreen? Was it about herbalism? I did. Um, well, I did the sustainable agriculture course, oh. which was three, you know, three quarters or whatever. Okay. And then I did a, uh, independent study with one of my teachers there, which was um, both about the witch burning and the witch trials, and then also about herbalism, where I was at that same time, I was going through KP Kulsa's program. And so I was kind of taking the information that I learned from him and making a Materia Medica book with drawings and write-ups. And so that was part of my independent program, as well as doing a lot of historical research and trying to grasp this whole, you know, the witch burnings, which was crazy wild time. Evergreen's and then that, a- that- no, go that for it. Sorry. teacher was eventually planning on doing a full course on it in the future. So it was kind of like her as she was kind of pulling her course together. Mm. Um, yeah. Evergreen's so cool. Cause you can, it was, it was great for me because I started at the university of New Hampshire, which is very kind of conservative, very large land grant school. And I was doing horticulture there and then to transfer to Evergreen, which was very, I mean, you can get more opposite, I feel like, in education, but it was good because when I went to Evergreen, I was ready to do independent study. Yeah. I think it would be hard if you if you just went there and you're like, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. college, <woo."> Totally. <laughs> you know, yeah. at least I had like, yeah, some kind of goals and determination and I could really focus on my work, but... Yeah, independent study for me at a young age would not have been very con- conducive <laughs> to a good education. But I did want to say, uh, uh, we were just in Evergreen or an Olympian. We did a couple of videos with uh, two former students from Evergreen as well, uh, Sean Croak and Jean Madrone. But I did want to say, I don't know if you knew this or not, but KP Kalsa was actually the first herb class that I took as well. I was probably out yeah, 2021, and uh, it was at Lane Community College in Eugene, Oregon. So he's he's wow. definitely in my herbal journey as well. And uh, in fact, we just interviewed him in person. Uh, a, a few weeks ago in Eugene. So that that'll be coming out on the herbalist hour here probably in the next few weeks. Oh, cool. I'll look yeah. forward to. So what, uh, who, what do you have coming up? Let's yeah. let's say, and then we can wrap up. Sure. Yeah. Um, what do we have coming up? Well, we, we, re- we release new herbalism YouTube videos, like anywhere from one to three, uh, YouTube videos per week. We release, we say five podcast episodes per week, uh, on the herb rally podcast. Um, and then, yeah, we release one new herb rally schoolhouse video 
per week, uh, which we are going to be taking the month of June off to kind of like catch up on behind the scenes admin stuff. And then we have a bunch of uh, uh, changes happening around the Herb Rally Schoolhouse that are coming soon, which we'll announce here soon. But uh, um, but yeah, uh, so really just consistent putting out of the content uh lots of different ways to to learn it occurred to me yesterday we haven't published a monograph in a while so i need to get on that maybe maybe keep building that library of monographs but yeah uh really just focusing on the uh, youtube channel primarily along with schoolhouse and the podcast and do you want to talk a little bit about the schoolhouse we haven't really delved into that and then what's the best way for folks to connect with you or to connect with herb rally if they want to maybe share some content or just learn from you? Like, what do you? Sure. Yeah. So regarding the Herb Rally Schoolhouse, that's like our membership area. It's $10 a month. Um, basically, it's our, <laughs> we want to provide some sort of opportunity for the people that want to uh, help us monetarily, help support our work here at Herb Rally. If they want to like, say, give back in a way, that would be their way to do it. So it's like, have you ever heard of Patreon? I have. Yep. Yeah. I had I had a Patreon for a short stint when I first started the podcast, but then I was like, ooh, this is a lot. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so it's it's kind of like we kind of look at it like that way. It's it's for the people that can afford it if they want to help support uh what we're up to here at Herb Rally as a big picture type of thing. One way they could do that is by becoming an Herb Rally Schoolhouse member in an exchange. Uh yeah, you're helping support us, which is awesome. So thank you to our members. Um, but then there's also um uh, exclusive content behind the scenes. And currently there's probably about 50 courses in there or classes in there anywhere from say five minutes all the way to like 30. Some of them are even a couple over a couple hours long. And, um, we, we just want to keep building that library. So when the members go in there, there's always something going on. We need to improve like our community aspect of it. It's just a Facebook group right now, a private Facebook group, but, but yeah, we're really just trying to, uh, have another project where we're constantly building and improving and, and, and making herb rally a more robust experience, especially uh, for the schoolhouse members in that regard. You can learn more about that at herbrally.com slash schoolhouse. Um, so there's that. But then as far as uh, what was the other part of that? Just to- how? What's the best way for people to contact you or connect with you? Yeah. If you want to email me, I'm mason at herbrally.com uh, or just go to herbrally.com. Uh, you can check us out on YouTube at herbrally and all the other social handles. We're even on TikTok. I think we got four videos on there. Nice. Uh, but, but yeah, just <laughs> probably the best way if you want to say hi or reach out, you could do so at mason at herbrally.com. Great. Well, it's been such an honor having you on the pod. I really appreciate this. And I want to tell folks that you will also have a video of this interview on your YouTube channel eventually. So look for that coming up. And thank you so much for being here and all that you do for the herbal community. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Bridget. And yeah, just one more time, I got to say thanks for <laughs> you really. Uh, what, what's the word? You hit the ball out of the park. I don't know with that with that nourishing herbal infusions module. Like it was, uh, you really went above and beyond. And again, like I, yeah, I learned so much. You know, I just thought it was boiling plants in hot water, but you really like you took it another <laughs> level. Uh, and you taught about, about so many different plants. So thank you for having me on on your show. Actually, I'd love to have you on the Herbalist Hour sooner than later. I would love that. That would <laughs> be, be so great. fun. That'd be great. <laughs> the tables will turn. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I've got some questions for you. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. Thanks again. And thank you everyone for listening and tuning in to the Healthy Herb Podcast. 
stay tuned and um, share, share this podcast with your friends and we will be in touch soon. Thank you. All right. Take care. For listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.